This week on Rethinking Design, we'll talk about the secret to a happy life, why manners are more important than you think, and ask the question, is there anything good about getting old? This is Rethinking Design special episode, Nancy Kohler and Eric Kohler, part two. to Rethinking Design. I am Hans Kohler, your host, and this week we will be talking again with my grandmother, and this time my father will be joining us. We'll be having three generations of Kohler wisdom to talk about various things, life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. I do want to address here at the top of the episode that, yes, it has been quite a while since my last episode dropped. Um, a lot of that has just been my life uh, stuff going on, but another part of that is that I never want the quality of this podcast to suffer based on my release schedule, and that means that I'm not going to commit to a static timeline as much as I would like to say, oh, I'll make them bi-weekly or tri-weekly or however long. The fact of the matter is that I'm just going to make them when I make them, and I want them to be as good as they possibly can so that when I look back on them, I'm proud of the work that I did, and that's kind of the long and short of it. I, I'm not going to guarantee a specific release schedule. I can guarantee, though, that I do have interviews lined up, and I'm really excited to get them recorded and to you, uh, more importantly. I also think that the audio for this particular track Again, it's not what I would like it to be since it's multiple people recording on one mic and it's kind of a directional mic, it's not omnidirectional, so uh, my voice in particular in this recording is going to be a little bit quieter, a little bit not as clear. Uh, it should still be plen plenty clear to hear, but just a kind of uh, disclaimer up here at the top. That being said though, I think I tried some new tricks that will make this audio a little bit better, a little more even to listen to than the previous episode. So I'm excited for that and hopefully it works out. Without further ado, let's get into it. You're very important. You are very important. <laughs> I'm the most important person I know. Then, then you better get out and expand, <laughs> expand your horizon. <laughs> All right, get us started, Hans. So this is this is the we're coming back from our intermission. Uh, I am speaking to my grandmother Nancy Kohler, who I know is Mimi, uh, and we now have my father, Eric Scott Kohler, but I know him as Pop. Well, I know him as people call him as Pop, but I would never call him Pop. I call him Dad, but most people know him as Pop. And uh, yeah, I think to start off, why don't we start with? Uh, the younger generation, what what advice would you have? What would it be? Would you like me to go ahead, Mom? Or? Sure, you start. Um, well, the most important thing um, I would think for the younger generation is probably a lesson that you taught me, which is to find your happiness with what you have and um, that... Um, it's not material things that, that actually bring you happiness. It's not um, looking for what's next or um, 
or, or continually striving for something different as much as much as it is um, to find and to be content with the things that you have. Um, and not to say that you shouldn't strive for, for more or, 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 or strive to do better, but that that striving uh, usually puts you on kind of a wheel um, that often leads to being unsatisfied rather than satisfied. I just love to hear the wisdom from my children. And honestly, <laughs> I, that's true. And yet to, to hear you say that is very rewarding. Well, you you lived that. I mean, you yes. you showed that on a on a very regular and real basis. Um, Your dad and I did. That is our good philosophy. If I would add to that, the other philosophy that Dad and I had are are, are saying is kiss, laugh, and hold hands. None of those can you forget. It has to be every day. I had a, a lovely, we, Dad and I both had lovely friends, and they were not married, but they'd been together the longest time. And they were very happy, but she wanted to marry him, but it, she didn't. And she said, did I, just question me about it. And question why Dad and I were still so happy together. And I said, because we treated each other always like we were courting. <laughs> we never took each other for granted. We never didn't say that we loved each other and we thanked each other. Even Dad, when he could barely remember or wasn't really talking much, I never handed him a bowl of fruit that I hadn't decorated. And he would always say, it looks good. Or he would, oh, how pretty. He, that was, he always complimented me. On Sunday morning, when we were getting ready for church as we were older, he always went in his room and got, married, got dressed. And would come back, I would be in our bathroom, and he would say, how do I look? Or, <laughs> or not even, or didn't even ask me. He would just walk in, dressed with a tie, and, and, and I never failed not to tell him he looked wonderful. Of course, he always looked wonderful, <laughs> but uh, it, you cannot take anything for granted. You have to always appreciate everything. And sometimes I think today people forget to let your best friend know how wonderful they are. You could remember to say it to a friend or whatever, say something nice. But the most important person you can say something positive and love is the one that you live with every day. And try to make every day a fun day. Never forget that you've got to laugh about life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful.
You know, I, I think that's definitely something that's very necessary in the world. And uh, I think for me personally, I've always been, and I'm not ashamed of it, you know, characterize myself to this as my friends. It's a very emotional person. I'm very much the person who is always ready to, to be there for someone if, if they need me. You know, I'm the guy who always shows up if there's an event or something. You know, I never bail on people. And I'm never uh, shy to say that I love my friends and to tell them that I love them and, and, you know, make that very clear to them. And I think that has a lot to do with how I was raised. And Absolutely, know. Ron. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The other thing is it's almost manners. Mm -hmm. Manners count. Opening doors for ladies count saying thank you. I mean, it's simple things. And I think people today, either you're not, people are too busy, whatever it is. I do not see the same good manners that we, that I was raised with, or that Eric was raised with. I see it in you because your parents are that way. But I'm wondering about other people that well, these road rages. How can you world how can you have a road rage if somebody cut you off? Thank goodness you didn't have an accident. Mm -hmm. I and mean, why would you get mad at somebody? Mm -hmm. You get mad at them, okay. You get angry when they cut you off, but is it really that important that you're gonna chase them down and shoot them? Which mm -hmm. is what's happening today. That's crazy. Well I think you're when you're speaking about manners and such, you're speaking about intention. And it's it's trying to make sure that every interaction you have with someone, especially someone that you love, is is intended rather than just um, they get the floor sweepings at the end of the day or That's you know, true that, there. That's that you beautiful. that yeah. you turn toward them trying to Exactly. Um, one of the things that I I know Hans has heard me say time and time again and growing up um, in y'all's house I always knew I was growing up in Jack and Nancy's house um, we as as kids um, we were certainly a family we were certainly loved and, and we felt all that but your love for each other was really kind of the foundation and, and dad used to say something along the lines of Oh, I fully expect you to move out and leave, <laughs> but your your mother is going to be here with me for the, for the, my entire life, and and so that we knew, uh, not for a moment to think that we weren't important, but we weren't the most important, or or your relationship with us um, grew out of your love for each other as much. Um, you know we. Uh, certainly you respected us and you loved us and, and you, you provided for us and, 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 and gave us uh, so many wonderful things and experiences and such. But if we weren't there, you were doing it for each other regardless. Mm -hmm. And it was always, um, uh, there was no um, pressure to be the best kid or to be this because y'all the happiness that you all shared spilled over into our lives rather than us being something that you were focusing or trying to 
gets something back from us in a, in a way, I think. That's very true. A lot, of, a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's, yes, it is true. Yeah. Good. That they think, you know, kids will make them happy or kids will fix this or, you know, or, or their focus becomes such the kids that they kind of forget the, the relationship that, that spawned those kids. And it was, we, we, sounds kind of wrong, but we always knew our place. Um, but it, it was okay because you realized how fair and how appropriate the place that we uh, had was, you know. Well, the other thing is you always respected our home. We both did. I mean, you see children today that are jumping on the furniture. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. One of you all, I, we had friends over, and you asked them not to put their hands on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you see children today that they say they've written on the walls. You all had pencils and paper to write on, crayons, paint, <laughs> finger paints. I mean, but there, there is a respect for each other that I think spilled to you all. And you all have respect. It's just what Hans was saying. He has respect for other people. It's, it's nothing that you try to do. It's just part of you. It's just the, the love and the gentleness and that you are born with for each other. Well, I want to focus on that, that idea of intent. Because I really like that. I did too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, in, in terms of speaking of manners, in terms of speaking of, you know, how you treat things around you, I wonder if today maybe that is less common because of the way things have changed in terms of just sort of the environment that you live in nowadays is focused, I think, less on genuinely connecting you to someone else and, and you i think that you have and I've, i'm sure there are studies that show this that, that you have less genuine human interaction you know speaking with close friends about you know important stuff or just sharing troubles we talked earlier about neighbors mm -hmm. I, I think that all that has become less common because the way that we talk to other people has kind of changed because it's so much more now you know, you post pictures of yourself or you send each other a quick, you know, two line. I mean, it's almost a telegraph at this point, you know, it's like, like very short two sentence texts or chats or whatnot. And I wonder if because of that, because the way that you talk to people is changing, that intent doesn't really have a chance to, to grow in you as a person from a, from a younger age. You know, I feel like if you're living, like you said, uh, in a house where that is very reinforced and that is something that is kind of taught to you from a very early age and you have a lot of chances to practice it, so to speak, you know, with friends who come over or, you know, people who visit or, or your family, then maybe you, you're given a better chance to actually, you know, represent that intent in the form of manners, in the form of, you know, respecting things. And so. Well, and it, it has to land in fertile ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you are kind and giving and respectful and um, the object of that is not, mm -hmm. um, then uh, there becomes a power dynamic or, a, or an imbalance. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so um, it, it has to go both ways. And so you, you really can only respect someone else or even respect yourself if you're receiving that in return. Um, uh, although I, I do believe that um, the way you conduct yourself um, is something that you owe yourself, not necessarily owe to, to someone else. Um, but that, that's a, a that's a point of personal pride to make sure that you are the um, are searching for to be the most pleasant or searching to be considerate. I think that when the, for children, because they are respected by that their parents first, that they are nurtured in that way that. It is important for you to take care of things. They've been taken care of. So many of the children today maybe not quite receive that much. And they're, I know it's not, I won't say they're selfish, but. Well, one of the, the most true uh, phrases that they always talk about in therapy and such, right, such forth is um, that hurt people hurt people yeah. oh that's i've heard yes and and yeah. so uh, you know if a child has not been respected or if they don't um if they don't receive that then they really have no chance to to give they it. don't know what it is they don't know what it is you know it's um and i i know that um growing up in, in y'all's house there were certainly rules the foot came down, you know, uh, but there was never a time when I thought that those um, those decisions weren't based in love or weren't based in thought. Um, if you were told no, um, even if you did not have the time at that point to, to give a reason, um, the way that you treated us, I always knew that there was a reason there that I could have uh, asked for or, or such for mm -hmm. And so it's, it, it was, the, the respect was always flowing in all directions. You know, it was just. Yes, I think so. Yeah, we hoped so anyway, that it has proven out because our children are all giving, loving, giving people. And there's also, I think that me especially, I'm a very happy person. I. I, I went to apply for a job one time and I did, wasn't, I didn't think particularly qualified. So I told, I was, went to a furniture store and they were looking for a decorator. So he asked me a question about it. And I said, well, I don't know how to sell Hendredon furniture, but I've bought a lot and I'm a very happy person. <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, you're hired. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I, I am I am a happy person. Dad had to, I had to make him happy. <laughs> he was a little more solemn, but we had a happy home. It was, the other, can we change the subject sure. down to something? People that are so selfish today, that worries me. What is all this with these selfies that these people fall off of a cliff 
taken a picture of themselves with nothing but blue sky behind it. You could stand in the... Uh-huh. Well, I, I think that dovetails into something that Dad and I talked about a lot and, and something that uh, Mom, who you know, is in here with us right now, but uh, this idea, and, I, and remind me again the, the name of the story that is... Uh, it's it's would you rather be seen doing something it's like a, or it's like a psychological problem or something like that which has a name you know what i'm talking about i i don't real quick off of what you're you're saying uh, the the one of okay so the the problem goes would you rather take a trip to a, a beautiful you know paradise island snorkeling fine dining etc uh but no one knows you took it and and you and you you can't really tell anyone right. or would you rather have someone create an elaborate, you know, staging of it and take pictures and, and whatnot so that it appears as if you took a wonderful trip to are, Paradise Are you Island, more concerned with But not ex- actually did it. Yeah. Right. Are you more concerned with the experience or are you more concerned with people knowing you had the experience? Mm-hmm. Oh, how sick. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, and, that's terrible. I hadn't heard about that, but, mm-hmm. oh, wouldn't that be awful? Well, and so the the... You know, this is a question that's posed to people. And in the past, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer as people say, well, obviously I want to go to the island, right? And, and mom was saying that she's asked it to one or two of her students or whatnot, and, and they have to think about it for a little bit. You know, it's like yeah, most of the time oh they'll my. still go to the island, but but some, they have to consider it, you know, whether they would rather have that fantasy created for them. Because, because somehow they've made a switch that it is more important for them to think that people have done this that, that, that people think that they've done this rather than actually doing it themselves. Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry for those people. <laughs> could could there be a more hollow mm-hmm. thing no, than that? Not. You know. And why is there? Or are they so impressed with what other people do? I know there's a program called the Kardashians or something <laughs> about that. I, 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 truthfully, honestly. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I kind of know who they are. They're beautiful women. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the all about. Why are people so obsessed with what somebody else does mm-hmm. that they spend hours watching TV for all that? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I mean, and I, I think that there have been slight parallels, you know, throughout history. I mean, trash TV is not necessarily anything new. But I'm sure, you know, the equivalent back in the day would, you know, newspaper columns written about these, mm-hmm. you know, celebrity, whatever, you know, tabloids, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been around for a long time. But, yeah, you know, I, I think that it is, it's a shift in kind of what we see as, as being success, you know. I think that that's true. This, yeah, that's despite good. the yeah. fact that, you know, uh, that sort of mindset and, and the way of doing things has been around for a long time of, of, you know, and not to say that it's, it's, it's consumerism rather versus so, so consumerism, but it's been around for a while, but yeah. I think that it's reached a point that you're so concerned with this idea of success, meaning wealth, meaning money mm-hmm. that you kind of forget that the whole point of reaching that amount of success or wealth is not, the point of achieving it it's it's what it can give you and more so on an emotional level you know the time that you can have with people you love or the experiences you can have with them rather than the new car you can buy or you know people will pay attention to me or stuff like that i feel like 
the, you know, time is money and, and life is time. So you're, you're spending your life and in return, they give you a little bit of money, which, you know, you can do whatever with. So, but it, your life is the most important kind of thing that you have. And so you're spending it and you're losing value all along the way. You, you spend it in time and then that time is converted into money and you're losing little bits of it all, all down the line. When you could be spending your life directly into things that fulfilled you and brought you happiness and joy and the people you care about. And so, yeah. And, and of course, in that, um, in that vein, you do, we do have to recognize that there is a certain privilege that um, you can only kind of have some of that happiness when you um, have enough food on the table mm -hmm. or, you know, that, that, that there is, um, there is a, um, some amount that has to be traded of time to money to, to such forth so that um, you do know that um, you have a place safe to sleep or that uh, your kids are attending school or, you know, that they're new shoes or mm -hmm. such forth. Oh, so absolutely. There, there, there is, I wonder if some of the, um, some of the, the Cardassian type of thing that you, you know, you're looking at these other people is because um, you're not coming from a base where you uh, believe that there is a self-generated happiness. That maybe that's uh, that that's, oh, that's the a good point. you know yeah. the with the opium of the people type of thing where um, they are doing that because they can't look at their own life um, and find happiness within it to some extent. Well, the inequity is more prevalent are more visible today. I'm sure it's not more prevalent, but. Oh. I, I think it's both. I, I really, things have changed. I mean, you can look and people just don't, that they, they don't make what they used to, you know, the, it used to be that uh, getting a job, one person could support a family and, and that's, hasn't been the case for a long time now. And, you know, it's, I, I agree that definitely a lot of things have become more visible that maybe were kind of, Put in the dark uh, when you were, you know, growing up. But also, it has just genuinely become harder and more expensive, and, and not Without as feasible to to mm -hmm. live a life like you used to be able to. And so, and that also kind of comes back to the manners thing, because if if I I firmly believe, and I'm really glad, you know, when I was five years old or so, uh, I I wasn't able to go to kindergarten because my birthday was too late. I think. Uh, I hadn't turned the proper age to get into kindergarten. And so mom took some time and she took care of me for a year. Um, and I honestly think that that's one of the best things that ever could have happened to me. I, like, I think I learned more in that year than I did in pretty much the rest of kindergarten and whatever else. And I think that time with your children is really, really important. And moving into, you know, this kind of present day, people really aren't able to do that anymore and to spend that time with their children like they used to. And the time they do spend with their children is time that they are are just barely prying away from, you know, multiple jobs or stressful lifestyles and whatnot. And so I think that also has an effect on how you treat other people if all the love and affection that you get is just within this tiny little window that is not someone's best and they're not able to give you their best. And I think that sets a bad precedent kind of going forward. 
Well, we ha- we'll see how this epidemic made, whether these people that have stayed home with their mm-hmm. children, whether that works out mm-hmm. to their best. It could. Mm-hmm. Others are going to suffer from it. So mm-hmm. that's exactly what you've just been saying, so how they have used this this year and a half. There also seems to be a um, uh, an, uh, a level, I guess it's not appropriate to really kind of say selfishness, but if that parent that, that was staying home or, or giving that experience, they they have to be in a position where they're able to be giving. Mm-hmm. And if, if they are trying to work through their own pains or, 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 or you know, they... Um, can't feel comfortable in, in loving themselves and such, then they, they certainly can't pass it on. Right. You so know. that's going to be a, a, a harder year. Yeah. They don't have a chance to go to school and be with. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very important and basically serious mm-hmm. for the United States to see how we handle this problem that we have. I do think that the, the pandemic has offered... You know, as as horrible as it was, it did, I think, really struck a lot of people and, and forced them to come around to a different way of thinking. You know, these people who, who were working three jobs and hand to mouth all the time and then finally got a respite from that. And, and even people who were working, you know, regular nine to five jobs, but were miserable and then suddenly had to work from home or were unemployed. A lot of people, I think, started realizing how much that they had lost, you know, from those earlier times where you could spend time with your family. And I think a lot of people are really now pushing for change to make that a a part of our society again, to make that loving more common and more easily accessible for for people. So I'm I'm very happy about it from that front. Definitely, Mm -hmm. yeah. So ask us another question. (laughs) Why don't we why don't we do some stories from when you were growing up, Dad? So so let's start. What's what's your earliest memory that you remember? Ooh. Um gracious. Um I have uh, uh several memories that are just kind of flashes of, of things that uh I can uh, uh assigned to houses or, or whatever else. Um, um, I, since Honey is here, it, it makes me think of our first dog, the, the Bibsy, our Doberman, that for some reason I was chasing her through the house and I had used some board game boards to block off the doors because after I had established this this path I was chasing her through, then I had to start blocking off exits. And she tolerated it up to a point. And then she stopped and she turned around and she just put her mouth on my hand. She didn't bite me, but she just kind of stopped and she just kind of held my hand with her mouth and in a way as this as if this is where I would bite you if I was going to bite you. <laughs> I always kind of remember that how, how gentle that dog was that that it just kind of said, oh, we're going to stop playing this game now. And she just kind of it just kind of mouthed me in and that was the end of that game. And I, I know that was that was very early. Um, 
I do remember being very bossy um, at my um, at Mrs. Dorsky's class when I was in uh, 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 kindergarten or pre-K. 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 Um, uh, was my, a four year. You were four year old. Four year old. Yes, you had gotten to Mrs. Dorsky's class. This was your second year. Mm. Well, <laughs> my my father had been one of the parents who had come and built a playground structure. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was a, essentially a tree fort. It was it was, it was tree fort. It was in a tree. Um, but if you can imagine that, that this was a, a small, almost Montessori yeah. kind of school. It was basically a Montessori. That, that they had um, play structures that were built by the parents. Mm -hmm. So obviously not many uh, liability issues or whatever else at yeah. the moment. But I, I remember uh, being incredibly bossy that I was trying to kick people off the tree for it because my father had built the majority of it. And I don't know if that was actually true, but even at four, I was pretty sure that if that, something was built, that my dad was probably the one who did the major building of it. And you were correct. Even your brother went to his... 12-year-old brother went to be sure that it was built correctly. <laughs> he felt very important that he was, he took very good care of Eric when he was little. Mm -hmm. I have a very similar kind of early childhood memory uh, of, of the jungle gym. So this one went to Mamie Martin Elementary School for kindergarten, first grade. And uh, in the playground, they had this old, you know, steel jungle gym and i don't i don't know how it started but uh i ended up leading a small gang of uh you know my co-conspirators at the time uh and just laying claim to the jungle gym and <laughs> sort of just sort of declaring that you know this was our our domain and anyone who had to uh who wanted to use it had to ask our permission for <laughs> yeah i remember the teachers were not too happy about that but they didn't really necessarily stop me. They, I, don't, I don't know that they could. But yeah. So it seemed like we have a history of keeping people off. <laughs> I'll tell you what you did share, though. There were 12 children in his kindergarten, in his nursery school class. And so we had the class come out. And since I'm the garage sale mother, Eric had... 12 riding toys of some shape and the whole class we had a big turnaround driveway and everybody had something to ride on. <laughs> That's wonderful. I remember we had uh, what are they called? Green Machine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, those were really fun. I don't even know where you picked those up. Crush it? I I can't remember. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we definitely didn't buy them new. But no, yeah. no. great, like tr big kind of trikes, but you'd sit down in them, and they had a really big wheel in the front, and mm -hmm. turn them. I mean, we played with those at a decent age, like at least ten or eleven or something mm -hmm. like that. Probably, probably onward. <laughs> green ma green machines and big wheels uh -huh. and oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. cozy coops. And yeah. Oh, sit and spins. <laughs> big wheel. What was that one that you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the big you, wheel. Mm -hmm. Then he had one that you turn like a 
Yeah, it was almost like a paddle wheeler. It yeah, was some kind of flying like saucer yeah. shape type of something. Yeah, huh. I remember that. Interesting. It okay. had two large wheels, and so you could uh, uh, roll them independently of each other, and so, so you, you could, could turn, turn it around yeah. and, and such forth, kind of like yeah. a. Always fun. I mean, I am just gobsmacked at your memory. <laughs> you you, you now, have so much more clarity than I feel like I will ever have. I can't find my checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, that is one thing that I, I've uh, recently took a psychology course and I loved it. I, I wish I'd taken one a little earlier, but they were saying that your your long term memory. Is good. Is, is is almost functionally unlimited. Like you can store almost unlimited amount of stuff in it. Uh, your short term memory, not so much. But but it, I, that just always was so fascinating for me that you could just keep almost as much stuff as you want. Because I always feel like as soon as I remember something, something else gets. That's that's mom's thing. Yep. She's always like, I, I made room for that by getting rid of you know whatever. <laughs> it's, it's not true. You can remember everything. Almost. <laughs> And I think happy memories mm -hmm. seem to stay a little bit better too. I think that's Very... all I have, unfortunately. <laughs> Every once in a while, if some one of you children will say, "Do you remember when you were angry about such a?" No. <laughs> <laughs> At least nobody has accused me of spanking you because <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we asked your sister; she probably would say <laughs> I was beat on all the time. <laughs> We don't need to get into that. <laughs> Dad and I always have a joke that he he brutally whipped me as a kid. I don't know he, how that's. Of course, a, he did no such thing. I don't know how that's a joke to be accused of beating your child. It's all in, in lighthearted defense. He did he did do this thing called the peanut butter treatment, which oh my god, I'll, I resent it to this day. The peanut butter treatment is uh, it would qualify under unusual and cruel punishment, in my opinion. It's it's a gift. It's a it's a wonderful. So, so listeners, for the peanut butter treatment, for those of you who don't know, is when you would take your child, your child, and uh, put some peanut butter on their face, usually on their nose, uh, and then hold them upside down while the dog <laughs> would come over and lick it off of him. And uh, I had this done to me, not 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 a. An probably, insane amount of time. Probably once. Oh, it was more than once. A few times. And well, I love that when he was a little... <laughs> I, he would purposely coax the dog to come and eat Bronzwagger. Yes. It, yes. We didn't have the peanut butter treatment. We had the Bronzwagger treatment. He, and, but he asked for it. He mm -hmm. would play with her. He would lay on the floor, mm -hmm. put it on his forehead or whatever. Oh, no, that was a, that was a, a game with him. I think what you don't appreciate is the fact that that was the only way the dog was going to love you. Oh, Sass, Sass loved everyone unconditionally. All right. <laughs> if anything, it was Sass who was unloved. Not, that not, is not us. Not that is true. That is true. I was just trying to make you all best friends. Well, it, you know, it, it wasn't the punishment itself that really aggravated me. It was the it was the the inequity of said punishment, how, how I, the elder child, was, was subject to it, and Hudson was not. Uh, I thought it was really ground my gears. Well, in, in fairness, um, if you put peanut butter on Hudson's face, he would he lick would it off himself yeah. before the dog. That's, that's fair. That's true. But I think you all, you all were very, um, uh, uh, very good brothers. 
you you all uh, I, I know there, there were clashes and whatever as, as brothers are but um you all always showed each other a fair amount of at least in front of us um a, a very fair amount of love and respect uh between you two and and i know that of course um, there are arguments about Legos and, yeah. and whatever else, but but you all always seem to be supportive of each other. They enjoyed each other. Mm-hmm. You seem I to. Think. Yeah. Well, there was just there. I think there was a, a moment in time when when we were very young. I just because I was a kid and I didn't know any better. I think that I was kind of unkind to Hudson, and I sort of received his kindness because he was a very young kid. He was very given and very open. And I received that and then I didn't return it. And I was, you know, mean to him or something like that. I was very young. And by the time that I realized, you know, and how many, one or two years that it took for me to, to do that, by the time I realized that that's not how I needed to be acting and that I was wrong to do so, Hudson had grown to expect that so much that it was very difficult for me to sort of reverse that in our relationship because he was so used to fighting and so used to bickering that I wasn't able to really kind of give him just the, the love and respect part of it, you know, after that. And so I, I feel like that really kind of affected the, the rest of our relationship for a while mm-hmm. until later on when, honestly, when I moved out of the house uh, really? was, was really when I think our relationship kind of really improved. Um, I look back, my sister was three years younger than me. I look back and I was a little bossy with her sometimes, you know, for s- silly things. If we used to have to make a, a, a bed and, and she had to walk her half of the sheet over to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we were very careful because if, we had a, a little cake or if you had to share something mm-hmm. to eat like we were required whoever s- served it was re- or the first person to take it mm-hmm. was required to take the smallest piece and there were two mm-hmm. pieces of cake mm-hmm. so we would have to when we were ser- cutting a cake or a piece of fudge or mm-hmm. something in half mm-hmm. and to become very careful that you didn't cut one larger for yourself because you weren't going to get it. Mm-hmm. Your sister was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was always our rule. One yeah. one cuts it and the other one gets first choice. Yeah. Exactly, one. exactly. Yeah. That was a big rule for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think also because we are such different people is is also really made things a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, because we are brothers and we do love each other and. and that is true, and we are similar in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but we're also very different in just our temperaments and, and how we have gone through life and, and whatnot, and so it, it is interesting. I think that probably has a lot to do with us not always having kind of the best, really, like, close-knit, you know? Like, I've, I've never felt like Hudson was my best friend, you mm-hmm. know? Like, he's, he's always a brother, and that's always going to mean something different and greater than, you know, a best friend is going to be, but... I don't know. There are people who are like that. Like their their sibling is their best friend. True. True. Yeah. I I think I think that two years though is is especially at younger ages. That's enough to kind of preclude that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because you're always kind of up over that. Then then it's different. Mm -hmm. Like you are now. Mm -hmm. You know. 
but one of the um, since you all have uh, moved back in the house um, after after COVID and, um, and 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 of course living together um, in your own apartment before, and I know that didn't wasn't necessarily as as easy, um, but the when you all spontaneously um, hug each other or or say you would love each other when you one one is leaving or yeah. something like that, it is the most rewarding thing as a parent. Without to, a doubt. To to because you all are saying that to each other in 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 a active appreciation, mm-hmm. um, you know, not for any other reason, but just to share that is is such a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Makes your mom and I so happy to yeah. see that. And and have been trying to make sure that that is more regular and that's a bigger part of you know how we interact with each other. It's definitely brothers brothers are hard. <laughs> Siblings Sisters are too. Siblings are yeah. hard. You know. mm-hmm. It is. Pitch this to me. Getting old. No one likes it, but there have to be some sort of benefits that are conferred on you in one way or another. <laughs> what 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 would you pitch the if you had to pitch getting older to me? What are the upsides? How would you how would you sell it? Lord have mercy. <laughs> I think I'm a very poor salesman. <laughs> Give me a harder question if there is one. <laughs> I guess a little bit of wisdom to see things more clearly. Mm-hmm. To remember things more dearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess my life has been an exceptional life. I've been so blessed mm-hmm. all my life that I think I realize now how lucky, how much love has been in my life. I guess I'm just thankful to be married to the most wonderful man in the world for 69 years. To have met him when I was 16 years old. (laughs) How many lucky things we've had You know, I guess I guess that I guess just looking back and being thankful for everything that the Lord has given me. I have wonderful children, three wonderful children, nine wonderful grandchildren, mostly boys. <laughs> And I now have six great-grandchildren, half and half. (laughs) So the Lord's getting better. I mean, I'm getting some girls this time. (laughs) We are a very boy-heavy family. Tend to throw colts. I I think that that gratitude is one of the most important things Mm -hmm. that you can have. And, And there are a lot of... A lot of people who, who really struggle with, with I think finding happiness are, are thank more thankful, more mm-hmm. appreciative of their life. Yeah. yeah. And as I'll say, especially mine. Mm-hmm. I, I have 
just just happy memories. Mm-hmm. Well, and in you have made those memories happy too. You 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 certainly have, have been lucky, and you've certainly have been blessed. But being happy and 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 being intently uh, um, loving and such was always important for you. So it, it's. You have had a lot of blessings, but you have made a tremendous amount of blessings too. You have taken a lot of situations that could have gone the other way, and through uh, hard work and positive attitude and um, embracing that, you've turned those into wins and successes on a lot of things. Well, thank you, Don. I I I work at it. I've always worked at it, trying to make the best. Like you had said earlier in this little talk, we make we're happy with what we have. We tried for more or better, whatever, but it it was never a problem with us. We were thankful with what we had, and and I think that gratitude is one of the the main ways that you stay a happy person is because you well, focus on what you are grateful to have and you know in a lot of ways you you see what you want to see and so if you if you are really focused on what's going wrong then that is going to affect kind of your outlook on things and how you view things but if if you are you know focused on what you are grateful for and those happy memories and that's a lot of what is going to affect your life and a lot of what you're going to you know keep remembering and keep in yourself moving forward right you, if you look there's there's always something positive to look for. Mm-hmm. So if it's raining, you think, well, the flowers are going to grow. Mm-hmm. It's not just mud out there. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for the wonderful things you mm-hmm. both said. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it has been an honor uh, and a privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, you are an amazing person. Oh my God. Always so sharp at ninety. Yeah. I mean, like, you cut a piece of paper without even looking. At it. <laughs> I only hope that I manage to stay as, as sharp by the time I'm here. And and I'll get here, and and we can brag on you a little bit. One of your greatest talents, and one that that both um, I appreciated growing up, and and I know that Hans has benefited from as well. In your um, search for happiness and, and, and connection and such, your ability to redirect um, uh, um, uh, experiences or, or redirect uh, behavior that, that did not conform to that was always amazing. You, you, you would make everything a party. You would make everything happy. Um, and if, if, the, if the grandkids came in and, and there was fussing and fighting or whatever, you almost in a, a, a kung fu way would just kind of sidestep them and, and direct them in a different way and always kind of just changing the focus. And it, in, in those instances, the, um, the intention of that always was really so clear. That, and, and whether you're really conscious how much you did that or whether that's just second nature as you kind of mothered and grandmothered and great grandmothered. But 
you always would show a more positive way. Um, and, and, and oftentimes not even meaning to, it just, it just appeared. And it was, it was a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing to behold. I know it is, is something that, um, that Jay has, um, always admired and, and that, that we both as parents have tried to emulate. You're going to make me cry again if you're not careful. That's all right. They're happy tears. I tell you what, honestly, though, some of the happiest years for Dad and I was at Delta. Most, you all would, all four, we four of them Mm -hmm. at seven o'clock in the morning for breakfast. (laughs) And the white school bus had to go and I'd pick them up and Fridays, we'd go to McDonald's. I mean, it it was wonderful. We had the swimming pool. And the picture your mother took of you all sitting there with bat masks on and drinking, what was it? Sunny tea. Sunny tea. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but sugar water. <laughs> but you all loved it. And your mother went went along with it. I mean, <laughs> she, she probably, her tongue would probably be an inch or so longer because she probably had to bite her tongue a couple of times. Let me, just let me make a mess. The one thing that I know you, you were the, one of the best to remind me of the things that we did. Do you remember the costumes we had? The, the, red cape and the black and the crowns Mm -hmm. do you remember playing in the they were always at the house i never took them to delta and i don't know why they weren't at delta i don't know either Mm. do you remember you probably were never there it was just when i had the children i can't remember you and john being there for the costumes no Mm -mm. but i i know growing up the bottom drawer of the maple dresser uh was always costumes yeah you you there were there were always a a large amount of props and whatever else for imaginative play and dressing up that was always a big thing yeah i had i had they were like more like night stuff i had Mm -hmm. a shield and we had some kind of sword and Mm -hmm. and you all just loved it and I keep saying, why didn't I ever get a picture of that? <laughs> That's the one thing that these new phones, I keep saying, everybody's got pictures of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was so much work to get a camera. Yeah. You didn't, you know, it just mm-hmm. wasn't something that we were, or our family was used to. Mm-hmm. Now, Fred is better, and then you, there's a lot of pictures that are, you know, but mm-hmm. it was just never easy for, yeah. for me to... Mm-hmm. Thing to stop, get out a camera and take your picture. Mm-hmm. It was always in my heart and my mind mm-hmm. that, uh, and then I'll say, "Oh darn," mm-hmm. which is why I love the picture your mother took, because <laughs> that's some of our silliness that we'd had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we almost have to catch us unawares because, God knows, growing up. <laughs> They could never get a picture of Hudson and I if we weren't making a stupid face if they didn't, you know, do well, it while we were not Well, not you as much attention. as Hudson. Yes, fair enough. Hudson, 
Loves to make a face. I, I usually have my eyes closed, though. <laughs> Me that's, too. That's my trait. Well, but that's not intentional. Well, the, the face that Hudson makes is always intentional. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, this is, has really been wonderful. It yeah. has three, been. three generations of Coleys. <laughs> Absolutely. I could not ask for, for a better set. No, nope, I couldn't either, honey. It's just the help that you all have given me is just so loving and so caring. That's just what what we are. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking forward to you coming back. Mm -hmm. Well, I've told the, the boys that they're supposed to put you on the weekly call list. So I would love that. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully we will be a pest. We will be ringing you all the time. If not, just send me a a, a text. <laughs> Do that too. I'll, I'll, that that can keep those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you if you don't have time to call me, send me a text. <laughs> Will do. All right. Well, this is the Kohler family signing off. Thank you so much for listening. And this is Rethinking Design Family Special. Good night. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you, dear.